0: Hey guys, welcome to the Marriage Millennials Podcast. It is 9.04 p.m. on Thursday, October 10th. Welcome back and thanks again for listening. And if you're new, hey, we're your hosts, Rochelle
1: and Samuel Shayola.
0: We're the creators of MarriageMillennials.com, which is a blog that discusses God's design for family, teaches millennials to honor Christ before marriage and prepares them for family. We like to give some clarity to the blog and podcast with the following disclaimer, which is that we do not address specific issues about marriage at this time. I mean, we've been married for all of two seconds. Instead, our current (laughs) focus is teaching millennials to honor Christ before a spouse and with one while preparing them for family, if that is a current desire that they have.
1: All right, and before we get started, as always, we want to tell you where you can keep the convo going with us after the end of the podcast, as well as some housekeeping for the site. This will be posted on marriagefamillennials.com. So if you have any questions, feel free to comment below on that post, or you can also visit the Facebook page backslash MFMillennials. Rose Twitter and IG handle are at Rochelle Shoyola, and mine is at Samuel Shoyola. So feel free to follow and talk with us there as well. Also, the podcast is on iTunes and SoundCloud, so subscribe so that you won't miss an episode. Just type Marriage for Millennials in the search bar and it will pop up for you.
0: Last thing, if you've been following or even if you haven't, there are a ton of cool things on the site, from books to free courses, products, and more. So feel free to check those out as well. All right, guys, let's jump in. Let's. Hello. Uh, Happy Thursday.
1: How you guys doing today?
0: Uh, This is um, a late podcast. This is actually supposed to be done yesterday, Um, but um, we... Were watching our wedding video, so yep. we decided to um, put the podcast on hold. Um, last week we were on our honeymoon, like we told you, so there was no podcast. Um, we actually took the mic with us, and I was like, Yeah, we're definitely gonna record a podcast. And then we got to Mexico, and I was just like, No, we're not, I don't nope. feel like doing any of that. So, Time to relax. So, um, we just Figured we put that on the back burner, too. So, But we're back. So, um, again, happy Thursday. Hope you had a wonderful day. And, um, yeah, now we're going to get into it. Anything you want to say to the listeners?
1: Let's just jump in because this is one of those topics. <laughs>
0: okay. alrighty. righty. Um, so, if you read the title of this, obviously, if you clicked on it, um, it is called Physical expectations or roles, I think, in uh, marriage. And also, um, why don't pastors talk about gluttony? Mm. Yeah, this is a good one. This is a juicy one. This is a little juicy one. Okay. So, um, yeah, we want to talk about that. It's something that's kind of been on our brains for multiple reasons, it could be because we went to um, Mexico and ate our faces off, um, but just also something that has crossed our minds uh, many a time. So um, yeah, so before we kind of get into the meat and potatoes of what we have to say, um, I think it will be great if Sam and I kind of give um, you guys a backstory on our weight um, journeys, struggles, successes as well. So yeah, I'll let you kick it off, babe.
1: Yeah, so um my I lost about let's see I was 278 um when I met Ro and by the time I finally got married I was 188. So <clears throat> when it came to my weight loss we were Looking at about 85, 90 pounds because I was I was yo-yoing back and forth between like 188 and like 192, somewhere between that range, right? So I gained some weight, lost some weight, gained some weight, lost some weight. Um, but I remember in the beginning what 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 it was that kind of started me. I remember one of my homeboys, he told me straight up, he was like, just try if you can to eat less carbs whenever you eat with your friends or whatever like that. So I said, okay, let's try that out, and I started to notice immediately, like, yo, carbs seriously make me tired, and whenever I don't eat them, I'm, um, I'm surprisingly very alert after the meal. So I wasn't very, I wasn't like super sleepy. Had to, you know, lay down, take a little nap, whatever, like that. So that that was the first thing that I had noticed in regards to my weight loss journey. Um, we were, I was particularly motivated on two two accounts. So like one was like military a little bit. Cause I was, I was, I'm, I'm headed towards that, uh, towards that field, um, in cybersecurity. But then on the flip side, um, on top of, you know, being within a certain weight range for the military, you also had the issue of when, when I was first proposing to Rochelle, I had issues with her father and his, his issue with my weight. So he was very straightforward with me. Um, didn't like the fact that I was very overweight, um, I was very much so, like, at first very much pushing against it, but as I heard him out more and more, I actually came to value his opinion on, um, on my weight loss, and, um, yeah, so that's kind of my story, uh, it started off very, very fast, and then as you get closer to your normal weight range, it gets harder to lose the weight, but, um, but uh, that's that's kind of been my my journey so far. What about you, Ro?
0: Um. Well, okay. So before I get into my journey, I will just say, um, I think Sam's uh, weight loss journey is gonna be a great point, um, for our fifth point, um, in regards to physical, um, expectations in marriage and just the grace within. Um, when I met Sam, he of course was overweight. Um. Honestly, I always tell him, like, I didn't really see it now that I see pictures um, that I'm like, oh, wow, you did lose a lot of weight. Like, But I didn't even really notice it much when we first got together. And, you know. That's that love. And I say all that to say, well, yeah, take that back. I did. I did notice it, but it wasn't something that I truly cared about. But Sam and I did have those conversations for years about, hey, you know, you know. I'd like to see if, you know, you could lose some weight in a loving and respectful way. And, you know, he just wasn't hearing it, you know, like we do as humans. And so it took whatever he needed for him to be motivated. Um, But in the meantime, of course, I was praying for him and showing him grace through that. So we want to talk about that um, later in the podcast. Okay, so bringing it back to me. um, Growing up. I think as a baby, I was skinny, then I started to get real chunky. And I think that was the first time I was really embarrassed about my weight. I think when I was maybe seven or eight. Um, Then after that kind of grew up got into physical activity. I remember in high school, I because I moved from New York to Atlanta, um, I had to do some courses in order to graduate high school. So I ended up having to do like, um, was it Is it strength training or whatever? Mm -hmm. Plus aerobics in the same year. So I had lost a ton of weight. It was extremely toned. And um, yeah, then I went to college and gained the freshman 65, whatever. (laughs) And um, I remember one day I was having a class and I was getting dressed for that class and nothing fit. I just cried, cried on the way to class, cried at class, cried after class. Those lakeside pastas will really do it to you. But um, yeah, and so... Ever since then, it's kind of been a journey. I've lost, you know, a good bit of weight, maybe like 20, 30 pounds, and then gained it all back. Now I'm kind of at that gained-it-all back stage, and, you know, Mexico definitely didn't help. So I'm kind of on the yo-yo side, um, where Sam kind of, he stuck to something consistent, consistently for a, a good bit and lost a drastic amount of weight. I'm kind of like yo-yoing my taste buds Are annoying. I'm not consistent in what I like, and struggling on some discipline there. Um, But so this is a podcast that's not only going to be informative for you guys, but also stuff for um, the both of us to kind of hold near to our hearts as we do life together. Yeah,
1: we're kind of we we want to talk about this because not because we're coming from an area of hey, we're the experts and we're telling you what to do to get just like us. We're kind of telling you. In the instance of like, okay, we're also in this struggle um, uh, in regards to gluttony and in regards to overeating and stuff like that. We're right there alongside with you. And um, yeah, we're not perfect either. So let's let's just kind of dive in and look at what it is that, you know, I guess the Bible in general and God has to say about, you know, uh, the pleasure of food in and of itself.
0: Right, so Sam pretty much told our second point, which is um, God gives us gifts um, for pleasure, food being one of them. Um, I think a lot of times when we look at things in society, such as food, we look, we don't think of it as a gift from God. Like you know, God gives us things for our pleasure. He's not just like this dad that's like, you can't do this, you must not do this, you must not pass here or go here, or do this. He does give us things for our enjoyment. Um, you know, that could be intimacy, um, with your spouse um and that could also be food um but he gives us those things um in moderation yes and um we are supposed to kind of be stewards i guess over the gifts that he gives us to use them in the right way and
1: how that how we indulge them right so like you just brought up you just brought up um intimacy right Mm -hmm. and we know that intimacy is a gift but how can it be abused
0: when you when, when use it before marriage, right? When
1: you when you do it outside of the confines of marriage, right? Um, another gift would be like um, he's given us alcohol. Alcohol is something that is in the Bible. It's not something that is something that 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 should be just utterly just refrained from. You know what I'm saying? But in in the cases of uh, of those of those situations in which alcohol is is used, it's supposed to be used in moderation, right? You're not supposed to be given to drunkenness. And we've talked about that in previous episodes. So in this situation, we're now at food, and it too can be used in excess.
0: Right, I mean food makes you feel good. I mean, I know it makes me feel good. I don't know about the rest of you guys. But it makes me feel good. I mean, like, you know, you eat your favorite food of the day and it always changes, right? You can never get enough of, like, more tasty, good food. And so it makes us feel good. Um, but gluttony is what happens when um, food is not used in moderation. The gift that God has given us in food is not used in moderation. Right. And um, I think... a. Bit of our society kind of struggles with that. Um, one because of sugar, you know, just
1: well. There's the, that the yes.
0: addiction of sugar and you know what that does to the body. Um, and then also just the you know, I want to do whatever I want to do. Reckless society that we live in. Mm-hmm. Um, and you better not tell anyone to tone the food intake down, or else you don't want to be accused of body shaming. So, yeah. um, yeah. So and as a result, here we are. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but that is what gluttony is. Um, I'm sure we're all familiar, but I do still think that this is a topic that doesn't usually get talked about much. Well,
1: I think I think that when it comes to gluttony, that it's something that we can see it comes from it comes from the cultural palate, right? Like in general, we are addicted to sugars in America. Mm-hmm. Um, it also comes from miseducation. Right. So there there's the aspect of, you know, you've seen you've we've all seen the infamous food pyramid, and it's funny how as as a lot of these documentaries on food come out, they start telling us that yeah, that's that's almost completely wrong. <laughs> like, you know, you shouldn't eat so many carbs if you're not gonna be, you know, like there's certain there's certain reasons why other why other nations had a high carb intake, right? And that brings me to my third point in regards to there's cultural aspects for for reasons for why gluttony is indulged, so like I'll give you an example from a Nigerian perspective real quick in Nigeria, when food was presented at the table, kids and um would would almost fight each other over the like it was a pot right and you'd have a chance to you have to get your meat and you have to get your carb or whatever whichever type of carb they had on the table and the carb was typically in abundance so no one really fought over that but people would make sure they grabbed their meat and they would hold their meat in their left hand while, while trying to get their carb and my dad used to tell us he was like it was you had to fight for your food literally and and, and there was no there was no idea of Oh, I could overeat in a meal because because food was something that was in scarcity, I would say um, people would fully indulge themselves in meals. But when you bring it, when you bring that mindset where you're coming from a nation where food can be scarce and you bring it to a nation where food is in abundance. You know what I'm saying? Now all of a sudden, you're you're you you've developed eating habits. Like for example, in my family, they would say you better finish everything on your plate. Right? I'm sure many of us have have heard have heard that before. And and sometimes though that is a good thing in regards to appreciation for what your mother or your father has cooked for you. But in the other ways, it can be, it can it can promote gluttony, in the sense that, you know, you understand what I'm saying? Like it can promote gluttony mm-hmm. in the sense that um that you have forced your child to overeat what it is that they what they themselves um are are satiated on. So
0: Right, yeah, and I think that's um very informative. Um I wanted to get into um it from a just a church perspective. Why don't pastors talk about gluttony? Um I think there's so many different reasons why Um of course I am going to come from it from a charismatic perspective because that's where my heart is. Um, just kind of um the inconsistencies that can arise in those situations and Just to be honest, I think the reason for that from a charismatic perspective is prosperity gospel. Um, like, you know, you're so busy motivating your members. Like, you know, you're gonna get a new car, you're gonna get a new house, or you know, this sermon is to show you that the devil can't block you from your blessing. So you don't really talk about any of the actual teachings that God gives his people in actual daily life. And so I think that, you know, that's one of the main reasons, you know, pastors, they want that collection plate to keep going. And if you have a bunch of people, depending on your community, who are, um, you know, statistically overweight, yeah, you're probably going to stay away from that topic because you don't want to offend your members, which isn't the right way to go.
1: Yeah, you know, it's, it's, always, it's always a bad scenario when you have um, a situation where you're afraid of losing members because of a message that God has in his in his Bible. You know what I'm saying? Like you, you don't want to shy away from topics just because you might, you know, the the, the flock might thin out, you know, or, or the coffers might not be as as much the next Sunday just because you didn't just because just you might have, as the society would say, fat shamed some of your congregation. And it's not and and, and what gluttony is is not necessarily that you have to look and, 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 and be of a certain body type. You might not be a glutton, yet you might look like, you know what I'm saying, you're a little bit chunkier than, than the rest. There are different body types out there. But I think what needs to be stressed is more so about the eating habits. That's kind of why I was talking about that just before this in regards to my own background and maybe some of your own backgrounds as well, that when there are certain eating habits that... When when we have food in front of us, are we just scarfing it down so fast and just trying to get as much in as we possibly can as fast as possible? Um, when and, and and there's an aspect to which, if you say those things to people, their understanding based off of what society tells them would say that you're trying to shame them, and therefore they might not come back to church next Sunday or whatever it might be. But that kind of goes. That that it actually goes into a lot of other aspects as far as like commitment to church and stuff like that. But um it's not even just in charismatic circles, right? Like like you don't even hear some of these sermons in regards to gluttony even in in reform circles and in more conservative circles. You don't hear about this issue and you have overweight people in all these circles. So, you know, it's a consistent theme that I think we notice throughout church that is just, it's just not touched upon at all.
0: Yeah. So, um, yeah, that's, it is like we were saying, it's something that pastors don't usually talk about, or I guess whoever, um, is discipling you. Um, I think that we've been discipled by people who keep to a strict diet, Mm-hmm And um, it's been definitely informative just to see how it not only plays out for them, but for their children as well. Um, So it's definitely great. um, our fourth point we wanted to discuss is like the mirror of metabolism, right? Um, I was talking to Sam last night and just saying like it's funny like as you grow older, like your metabolism obviously slows down, and it's like what if that is God like just showing you yourself? Like what if what if He's showing you yourself by pulling the veil and saying, "Hey, you can't you can't hide behind your metabolism anymore. You're really abusing this food thing here, and I'm going to show you how you're doing it."
1: Yeah, you're you're an adult now, right? And I'm not gonna let you hide behind that high metabolism you had when you were a teenager. And I think we all experienced it when we went to college and we overate and we gained the freshman fifteen or the freshman twenty or whatever. How much it was 65. that you? Sixty <laughs> five. The alliteration doesn't work there, does it? <laughs> but, uh, but um, yeah. So like you know, I, I I think I gained like forty almost when it was a uh, freshman year. It was it was ridiculous. And and when it came down to it, like
0: hold what on we, wait but just let me just pause i just want to say that one time in college you remember these they used to have those like anonymous chats where people could like say things to you do you remember those things like form spring or whatever like did, they did, this-
1: the thing is we didn't have i heard about those but we didn't have it when i was there
0: okay well somebody told me years ago <laughs> go ahead they anonymously said to me you look like the michelin man and that are you serious yeah and you know i i took it i took the joke for what it was and i was like ah that's pretty funny you're actually right but i always remember that so you know shout out to you if you're listening to this um (laughs) we're still talking about it in 2018 but back to you
1: but yeah so like there's this metabolism that gradually um it it's it subsides and as your metabolism goes lower as you get older um those eating habits, those bad eating habits that you were hiding behind,
0: you start to reveal themselves. Yeah,
1: they show themselves, and then but then there's other things that show themselves as well, called excuses that we start using.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So, what'll happen is, and we we had just read a, a story about this where a guy in particular had a breakthrough where he had lost a bunch of weight recently, and he was praying to God about um about weight loss and stuff like that, but. He constantly would tell his wife and he'd tell others that the reason why I gained weight, because he was in the ministry, by the way. And um he's like, the reason why I gained weight was because I'm sold out for Christ. <laughs> <laughs> I was gaining weight because I was reading my Bible so much. And I was I a was deacon. Ga- I was a deacon. I was serving in in the house of the Lord, right? <laughs>
0: and, or, or. Or but, but, or but there's
1: more other ways that people do good. Yeah,
0: like, or like, you know. I'm being a mother. My f- first job is a mother or like a good father. I don't and have that's time. why. And I don't have time. And that's why. And it, it was crazy to read the article, it's pretty yeah. much like the excuses that we give to um, support the fact that we're abusing God's gift to us.
1: Right, exactly. So, like, what will happen is, is we're, see, what, and, and the thing is, the, the human is so clever the human mind is so clever. We will take things that are typically good, just like food itself is good for us, but we can abuse it. We'll then take things that are typically good and use those as excuses for why we won't obey God's word, right? Like we'll say, well, (laughs) it's kind of absurd as far as the logic goes, but we'll say, yes, I work so hard to provide for this family, I'm a hard-working man, and the only thing you can say to me is that I'm overweight, I'm busting my butt at my nine to five, blah, 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 and you're, you're upset because I have these love handles, these love handles are because I love you, you know what I'm saying, so like, you'll hear, you'll hear these excuses, but in reality, and, and work is a good thing, right, being a mother and taking care of kids is a good thing, all those things are good, but, it got back to this issue that the, the particular person in this article made mention of. He was like, if you notice, the Bible doesn't really talk about exercise because that's another excuse people will say. Right. People will say. OK, you're right. I'm overweight. I need to go in. Join a gym. Right. You all have heard this phrase. You always hear it on New Year's Eve. Come next year. I'm going to go and join a gym. But, you know, it's funny, the Bible doesn't really talk about exercise a lot, yet it talks about gluttony. That should be a, a red flag. in some, Because that means that, and, and even when you go to some of these YouTube channels, and you go and you see their workout routine, they will tell you, 80%, if you want to look thin, if you want to actually uh, lose weight, 80% of your efforts are have to be focused on the kitchen. And what you put in your
0: mouth, and of course, I'm sure God did that on purpose,
1: yes, I think I really, truly believe that and I, and, and and what that particular guy was saying, he was even saying he was like he's like, you know, there are thirty five hundred calories in a pound of fat. I'm sure you've all when you went to college or even in high school they'll they, the the health teacher will bring out this little fake uh yellow blob that's supposed to represent a pound of fat, or maybe it's like three or five pounds of fat, whichever one whichever size she has, and it's huge. It's pretty, it is pretty big. And like, the thing about it is that if he was to, because he he had said he biked, he had biked all week and he only lost one pound, (laughs) one pound at the end of the week. And it's because he didn't change his eating habits. You see, he's hiding behind the idea of exercise as a reason to not change his eating habits. We'll do anything to not have to change that which is of most importance to us, right? And sometimes I think that the most important thing to us sometimes is our bellies.
0: Right. Um, and pretty much, I guess what you re- what you mean is like, you'll do anything to avoid what God's commands for us Yeah. are. Yeah. It's
1: just one excuse after another. I think, and I think that that's the reason why gluttony is more so emphasized. I mean, Paul does say that physical exercises of some benefit to the body, right? Like we we know that from uh I think it's in Timothy if I remember correctly. Let me uh it was in Yeah. I had it in my notes, but I ain't got it right now. But there was another there was another passage in particular that had reminded us of this. And that was in Leviticus, right? Like we we had read Leviticus and when we had read Leviticus, we um, it was like right before our, our um, trip to Mexico. And Leviticus had said, uh, Behold, if leprosy have covered all his flesh, he shall pronounce him clean that hath the plague. Right? And that's um, it's a passage about leprosy, obviously, and it's talking about um, whether or not you let somebody back into the congregation of the people of faith or you put them out so they, that they don't contaminate anyone. And here's the thing. Counterintuitively, you would think, okay, hold on. If someone has a full body, they're completely infected with leprosy, why would you let them in? Why would you let them in? And when it comes down to this particular logic, what God is saying is the person who admits their problem, their sin, the person who calls it what it is, that person I will declare clean. And what happens to us is that we will not admit that we'll make excuses of work, we'll make excuses of, of we're just going to exercise and join a gym, we'll make excuses of, um of um, you know, of, of just various different types, but what happens? We're not calling it what God calls it, right? We're not calling it gluttony, and therefore, we're not going to be, we're not going to rid ourselves of it until we decide to call it what God decides to call it.
0: Yep. Um, so that brings us to our fifth point, um, physical expectations in marriage and grace, right? So all the information that we, you know, kind of express today, what does this mean from a day-to-day standpoint of how to, you know, do life with your spouse? Um, I'm all for the, you know, healthy for your family standpoint. Um, I do, I feel like You know our society is just becoming obese and just undisciplined, and I don't think it's wrong to tell men and women that you should be fit for your family. One, I mean, you do take vows till death do us part, and again, grace, right? Um, You're not going to leave your spouse just because they gain weight, and you're going to try to remember them in their youthful years. However, I don't think that is a call just to say, okay, well. Time to blow up because he's going to love me regardless (laughs) or, you know, she's going to love me regardless. Um, I think that, you know, physical attraction is important in marriage. Um, And so with that being said, I think, you know, being mindful of our weight is important. And, And then also just more importantly, I think that if you don't overeat, you may not be like the model bod, like you said, but you'll still be an attractive physical being for your spouse, Right. right? So this is not saying that you need to idolize, you know, the most fit person in the world. This is just saying that, you know, if... I think a lack of gluttony in the home um, can help in regards to that attraction with your spouse. Also, it teaches um, your kid um, discipline and the fact that you have the energy to play with them um, and things like that because you're not so tired because of all of the carbs you may have eaten or you know things of that nature. Yeah, And of course, you know, we're not talking about extreme cases here. We know there are some women who struggle with thyroids or like, you know, some weight gain issues, um, things like that. Not talking about those. I'm talking about, you know, healthy women who just consume too much or just consume things that are toxic for your bodies. And
1: men and men, you know, like um, we just and another thing we want to want to emphasize is that we're not telling you to to not be gluttonous so that you can lose weight and people can admire you. Like, this is not really about you.
0: Right. This is
1: more so about um, healthy living, number one, because your body is the temple of God, and you should take care of it. But also so that you can have – healthy living leads to having more energy so you can use that energy to glorify God. Right. And that's the reason behind all of this. Like, we're not telling you because we just want to see, you know, you look – You know you be able to stretch yourself, you know, in front of whatever friends you have. We are more so telling you so that you could live a healthier life and healthy, living a healthier life leads to more happiness. But um, happiness is not the, is not the, the goal. Health is the goal in this particular, God's glory is the goal in this particular light. But you understand, we're just trying to at least get you to understand that the goal is upward towards God.
0: Awesome. So to wrap this up, I think it'll be cool if we can kind of give some realistic tips, of course, just simply because of the fact, like we said in the beginning of this podcast, this is informative for us as well. So I don't want to give, you know, tips that you know the average person wouldn't use or that we're not using currently. Um but I will give one pointer and I think Sam maybe you can give another one before we close out. Um one of my friends, you know, she inspired me just to kind of go on like a 40-day um you know cleanse of maybe, you know, certain foods, certain alcohol, you know, alcohol, things like that. And one of the things she said to me was it's like, you know, Years ago, when she did it, she was just kind of like, you know, I would come home from work, had a great day, let me get a glass of wine. Had a bad day, <laughs> let me get a glass of wine. You know, got a promotion, let me get a glass of wine. Had a horrible, exhausting day, let me get a glass of wine. And, like, you know, and we can, you can use that glass of wine for different things, maybe cheese, maybe, uh, you know, fatty foods, burgers, whatever, fast food, whatever it may have you. But I think if you kind of cut out those things and try to focus on the moderation of it all Mm -hmm. and just to um and can you really appreciate something when you have too much of it like if you if you um use those things in moderation it almost makes you um become grateful of the gift that god gave you in that thing
1: right exactly
0: yeah so that's my pointer what about yours
1: um i i agree with like the whole idea of and just remember, if you can stick to something for three or more weeks, you will you will change your taste. You will change your palate, um, and you will you'll you'll yearn for things that are not as um, all these sweets and stuff like that 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 typically your body is craving and stuff like that. So you have to you have to pull away from that so that eventually your body will crave healthier things. Um, I would say that when it comes to my personal tips learn to research on google like what exactly a healthy portion size is there is um one one that i found that was really very easy was to look at just look at the the size of of like the palm of your hand and like you wouldn't you wouldn't eat a portion of veggies bigger than that you wouldn't eat a portion of rice bigger than that you wouldn't eat a portion of meat bigger than that and that will help you in regards to um, that, that will help you in regards to just being able to eyeball and know that, okay, I'm overeating on this one. I'm under eating on that. Um, there's more ways you can go about measuring and more, even more accurate ways, but that's kind of like a, a very cursory way of doing it. Um, look into those things, look and see, like, look at the, look at the calories on the side of the food. Look at see look at those to see like exactly what it is that you're consuming. Um, Try to get away from you know certain uh, overly processed material, uh, overly processed sugars, and and uh, overly processed uh, carbs because those things like us like we've talked about before are addictive. Um, educate just educate yourself on what it is that you're putting in your mouth, um, and I think that that once you start to take control of exactly what it is that you are consuming, you will see wonderful results even before you hit a gym you will start to see it i promise you like like they say before like they say in all the the youtube channels now it's 80 percent of it is in the kitchen it's what you consume and how much of it you're consuming
0: all right, guys. Well, um, that wraps it up this week. Um, I hope you enjoyed this podcast. And um, if you have any questions or concerns, you know we would love to hear them. So feel free to use the outlets that we provided in the beginning of this podcast and um, let us know what you think.
1: Once again, we are praying for you guys, just like I uh, hope that you guys are praying for us we are all struggling with this issue of um, of food. Well, some of us might not, and some of us are, but um, we know that we are, and we are hoping that God will deliver us just as much as we pray that God delivers you from it if you're struggling with it, in Jesus' name.
0: All righty, guys. You guys have a wonderful week um, with love, peace, and strength in Christ alone.
1: All right, guys. Bye.
0: Bye-bye.